Hi, welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week I sit down with Melbourne-based photographer, Nicole Reed. How are you going, Nicole? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I guess we'll uh, start from the beginning. Like, um, you know, where, where are you from originally and, um, and like, where are you living now? Well, uh, I was born in Melbourne. I grew up in a country town in Victoria called Seymour and I was there till I think I finished high school and then moved back to Melbourne. Um, moved to the northern suburbs I guess because it was closest to where I grew up and it was a bit more familiar. So yeah, moved to Coburg and then from there moved to Fitzroy Collingwood and hung around there for nearly a good 20 years and now I live in Footscray. That's the first time I've lived out of the northern suburbs yeah. since, um, yeah, I moved to Melbourne. So for, yeah, 20 years, over 20 years. Do you think the West is the best? The, oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I really like the West. Um, the food around here is awesome. The coffee is a little bit lacking, which is a big problem for me because I'm a uh, I'm a typical Fitzroy coffee snob. Yeah. I love love my coffee, and so it's a bit frustrating, like trying to find good coffee around here. But it's good. It's a, it's an up and coming suburb as well, so there's a lot going on. It's going to change a lot in the next probably five to ten years. It'll be good to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm originally from from the inner west, but um. I love coming around uh, these parts and just seeing all the houses and everything because it's, yep. it's just so different to the other parts of Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's an interesting contrast from being in Fitzroy and North Fitzroy for so long. When I, I guess when I moved, first moved to Fitzroy, it was pretty, it was still pretty grimy, mm. and you know, there's a huge drug problem there, mm. um, which yeah, it, it gave the suburb a lot of character, which I really loved. Um, and it's kind of it's completely gentrified now, and so moving to Footscray, it's it's almost like what Fitzroy was twenty years ago. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm back and I can see the the urbanness and the griminess, and it's um it's really multicultural around here, which I love as well. Yeah, there's still um like I'm living in St Kilda at the moment, and there's still a lot of uh, drug problems yeah. there. Like yeah. I last night I went to bring the um. The washing in off the uh, clothesline, and it was all gone. Oh, no way! <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone jumped the back fence and just swiped a whole load of washing. Oh, no, yeah. Um, I don't really remember what was out there because my wife hung it out, but she was really pissed off because she had like just like new clothes and stuff like oh, that, things that she'd only no. worn once, and that was just like gone. Oh. Like, and then, um, and we'd been on holiday as well, so it was all our holiday stuff. Yeah, you know, being a hot climate, and it was all our summer gear. We got a um, Go shopping. Now. Yeah, exactly. Got an, <laughs> got an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, so like, when did you get into photography, and what got you into photography? Well, I when I was in high school, I was into photography. I actually remember taking my very, very first photo. It was on a school camp when I was seven years old, and. We made pinhole cameras, and I made a pinhole cameras out of one of my dad's tobacco tins. Uh, I don't know if it still comes in tins, but back back in the old days, um, tobacco came in like little round tins, and so you put like a pinhole in the in the lid, covered it with black 
gaffer tape, cut out and in the dark, in a dark room, cut out a piece of photographic paper in in a circle that fit in the back of the tobacco tin and then you go outside and you take the tape off and it exposes the photo paper and then you put the the gaff tape back on, take it into the dark room, develop it and that was my very first photo. And then I think when I was a teenager I remember wanting to buy a Polaroid camera and my parents said, we'll buy your camera for Christmas, but you have to, after that, you have to look after buying the film. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then I saw how much Polaroid film cost and I was like, yeah, maybe I want something else for Christmas. <laughs> and so I thought that that was kind of the end of that for a little while. And then I moved to Melbourne and I got an apprenticeship as a graphic reproducer which involved learning how to use high-end scan scanners and that was that was way back when Macintoshes still had green screens <laughs> so there was like no colored screen so um, the skills I learned as a scanner operator you know I could look at a slide and I could tell RGB values um, and how they'd convert to CMYK um, just by eye and by looking at number values so I learned how to do that um, and then from there when computers became more popular I learned how to retouch and so for years I was scanning retouching being a finished artist and then I think it was maybe 12 years ago I got a job doing I guess finished art on some publications and they asked me to go out and take some photos. It was a tattoo magazine, um, take some photos at a tattoo convention. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember how to use a camera. It was film at that time. So I went along and did it and I did that for a little while and after doing that for a year or so and then starting to do more portraits for the magazine as well, I decided that that's what I wanted to do like I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day anymore I wanted to get out and about and take photos and that's how I got back into it yeah as it turns out being a photographer now involves sitting in front of a computer <laughs> days on end anyway but you know at least I'm doing something that I'm more invested in I guess emotionally too yeah yeah, yeah, there's nothing like doing something you, you choose to do rather than something you're just doing for yeah, money as well. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what were some of your early photos like? We, we Did you notice you had talent straight away or were you, you know, did you oh. think they'd take something and go, oh, they're not too bad or where, did you think, oh, I've got a long way to go? Or? Oh, no, when I look back at my early photos, they were pretty just point and shoot with a big Mets flash on the side it was just it was basically just event yeah kind of stuff um I guess it wasn't until I started taking portraits where people were kind of going oh that, that, that's really good like oh can you do one for me or but yeah it wasn't until then I don't I don't have a I guess like a lot of artists I would I never look at my work and go man, you're really good at your job. You're really talented. Like, I guess most creative people have a a lack of self-confidence. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I definitely right. have that. So if whether they're good or not, 
I wouldn't have looked at it and thought, mm. man, you've got talent. Yeah. <laughs> I needed someone else to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you're right there. <laughs> um, so when you decided to um, take on photography mm. full time, like, um, you know, how did it feel to get your, your first paid gig? Was was that pretty uh, pretty exciting? Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I can't exactly remember what it what it was. Um, I was quite shy. Like I didn't um, wasn't the kind of person to go up and ask people if I could take their portraits. So I think in the beginning I started off doing a lot of interior design work. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing a photography course. Which I've never I've never finished any photography courses. I've I've started um, with um, with a girl who I'm still really good friends with. She started her own interior design company, so she hired me to take her interior shots. And I think that was like my first kind of real proper job, like working with interior designers, taking shots of um, you know like brand new fit outs and yeah yeah. But with um, with portraits, do you find that to be something you really enjoy and like a good way to connect with people as well? Yeah, that... yeah, I do. I yeah. really love it now. Yeah. At first, it terrified me. Yeah. Um, it's still like I still get a little bit scared about you know meeting new people. Um, but it's I guess having a camera and having a reason to be with those people helps me connect mm. with people. Yeah. Um. So I'm not so shy about it now. You know, it's, I'm there to do a job. It's a job I love, but it's still – it's not like I'm just cold calling someone to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm there for a reason to yeah. take their photo. And I, I, try, I like to try and get to know the person a little bit before I take their photo. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it always helps because I guess you're trying to bring out their personality as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I try and let that happen as naturally and um, organically as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I stole that phrase. I was talking to a friend last night about photography, yeah. um, James Rush, and he commented on how he likes my portraits because they look like they happen really organically. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll use that. <laughs> Take it and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you've photographed a lot of um, a lot of artists. Yeah. Like is this is this a um, you know do you, is it because you're you're into art and you want to um, photograph artists because it's something you you're, you're into or or is it you, you know them already or how did that all come about? Um, it's a bit of a it's shit. a little. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I do know a lot of artists. Mm. Um, and I think, I, th- I think I've become successful at photographing artists because artists really don't like their photos taken. I really don't like my photo being taken and I have a real empathy with people who are really awkward in front of the camera mm. and people seem to really appreciate not being pushed into something they don't want to do when they get their photo taken. So yeah. um, when I photograph, especially, you know, graffiti writers or graf- artists who um, often don't like, you know, I mean, they don't, they don't want a massive photo of their face, you know, on a 
on a page in a magazine. Yeah. So I've, I've become really clever at taking photos of artists with without it being, I guess, really blatant that it's a photo of an artist. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm explaining it right, but yeah. yeah. No, I get, I get you. I get yeah. you. Because it's like, um, like I found with this podcast, uh, you know, I'm interviewing a lot of artists who, and only uh, the only representation they have of themselves is the images they put out there. Yeah. So it's like it's good to interview people and um, have a, a voice and have it, put a voice to their artwork and have yeah. them speak about what yeah. they're doing and where they're from and everything else. But I guess you're doing the um, up the, the other level of that, the which visual is visual version of that. Version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like yeah. I'm far, like I love art, um, obviously, but mm. I have a far more deeper interest in the person making the art than the art. Yeah. So I think that's why I, I'd much rather shoot mm. the people behind the art rather than the art. Like yeah. I'm not really a street art photographer. Like, yeah. Um, unless I'm asked, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who say, I painted this wall, can you go and shoot it for me? And mm. I will, but it's not something that, you know, I search out to do. Because, yeah. yeah. The artist is uh, the artist is more important than the art to me. Yeah, it is weird when you um when you just know someone for their art and then you put a face to the art and it's like yeah. what they look like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like musicians when you've been yeah. listening to their music for so long, yeah. and then you finally see what they look like or you meet them in person. It's like, yeah, oh. yeah. Was there um like one project or photo in particular that propelled your career at all? Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, I think that uh, was that was so long ago. Um, I was in Los Angeles, and I was asked to take a photo of an artist called Mister Cartoon, mm -hmm. um, who's a he's a he's a tattooer in Los Angeles. He's quite well known. You know, he's tattooed Fifty Cent and Eminem. You know, he's yeah. he's quite famous. Um, I was asked to photograph him for Tea World while I was in Los Angeles, and I went to um, his big headquarters uh, in East LA, which back then was a pretty dodgy area to to be in. And I took a photo of him in front of um, an ice cream truck that he painted, and that got a lot of attention for me back here. I think when I look back. Um, I, mean, I still love that photo, but it, yeah, that was that was huge. Partly because of who it was, and not many people had seen a bright orange kind of gangster ice cream truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I've seen that photo actually. Yeah, I think it's still yeah. on my website. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll put it up on the uh, on the website <laughs> yeah. when I post this. Um, like uh, out of all the people you photographed, like who are some of your favourites? Oh, favourite people or favourite uh, photos of... Both. Oh, um, favourite people. I wish I could flip through my website <laughs> to, um, like, jog my memory. Uh, who have... Let me think. I've photographed Shepherd Fairy mm -hmm. a few times. Um, Does that fit into the people or photograph... Uh, that fits category? into the people. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's completely inspiring and every time I, I meet him and photograph him, 
I, I get something from that. Get mm-hmm. get a little bit of um little bit of insight about the world. Um so yeah, I've always loved photographing him. Um I guess I should mention Lee, mm-hmm. um, who's my partner. Um I photographed I photograph him a lot, obviously, because we hang around all the time. But I photographed him for his new album. I did the cover of, of that, which is my one of my favourite photographs for many reasons. Um, I also did a photo recently of an artist called George Rose. Um, such a trooper. She painted uh, a big mural inside of her studio and she stood there, and we threw paint at her. So it's um, it, it's a it's a great photo. You can you can see the paint swirling through the air and like splashing onto her. Um, that was art directed by Eddie Zamet. Um, that was a lot of fun. Also, I did a. I don't think it's been released yet, but I photographed Sam Simmons, who's a comedian, recently, and I don't think I've spent a photo shoot where I've just, I've had to literally like stop myself from laughing because I just couldn't hold the camera because he was just so much fun and such a, it was such a great experience like shooting someone like him. Um, And there's so many people that I probably should talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But you can go to your website and check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All yeah. my all my favourite shots are on my website. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so how do how do you go about uh, generating clients? Oh, I, I'm not a business person at all. It's probably my biggest downfall mm. is that the business side of being a photographer. Um, I'm really bad at generating clients. In fact, I don't think I've ever generated a client like. Um, They've always come to me. Yeah. Um, it's something I've really got to change <laughs> because, I mean, as we were talking about before, it's it's a bit of a quiet period at the moment. Um, and I've been overseas as well. And whenever I go overseas, it seems like it takes a good month for me to catch up on mm. being away and, you know, letting people know I'm back to work. Um, but if, if I had those skills of being able to, even just to the point of sending out an email to a, an advertising agency or sending my book to an advertising agency or setting up meetings, mm. I just I have no clue about. Like I'm really a clueless business person no. and it's a struggle sometimes. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe someone else can. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a folio that you send out or anything like that? Uh, I did. Mm. I had a book. Mm. Um, but I don't think people use books much anymore. Mm. So it's all on an iPad now. Yeah. So if anyone asks to see my folio, I just show them my iPad or direct them to my website, mm. which is pretty much... Mm. But I just... Yeah. Um, like I personally send out a folio with a cover letter, and I get a lot mm. of work like that through graphic yeah. design. Yeah. Um, but even I don't know. That's my advice to you. Ah, Maybe just, thank you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like look for companies that you want to work with. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, I focus on like branding and packaging companies, yeah. and I look them all up on Google, and then yeah. see the ones that whose work I like, and then yeah. just contact them and 
carburetor, yeah. folio. There you go. And before you know it, I'm sitting in, in there, you know, either having a meeting or yeah. working for them. Yeah. You know, so um, there it's you go. great advice. I've got bit lots of, of time on my hands yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get out of that world, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so have you ever uh, had spells where you thought you were going to have to get a day job? Or, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's certain times of the year are really quiet mm-hmm. um, and that's generally around Christmas. Everyone goes on holidays. So if everyone's on holidays, I've got no work to do. Yeah. So generally towards the end of November, December, January, are always really quiet um, and at the moment it's really quiet. Uh, but I've spoken to a lot of people who are really quiet at the moment, so... Yeah. I think it's a bit of a seasonal thing and yeah, I have moments where I think, Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to, you know, maybe you know, with my design background, maybe revert to doing like a little bit of freelance mm-hmm. you know, uh finished art or retouching, um, something like that. So it's yeah, it's it's I'm full of self-doubt sometimes, like especially in those quiet periods. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my brother during one of those quiet times who's he's a salesman with a with a trade background. Um, and I said to him, I'm really quiet, like you know, I'm not quite sure what to do. And he was like, well, you're just going to have to get a job, aren't you? And I was <laughs> like, I like, I haven't had a, you know, I've been working for myself for 10 years. Mm. I don't think that is... In, I just don't think I could do that. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Well, now's the perfect time to start uh, sending that folio on I know, it out, is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Letting people know you you exist. Exist. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a, a huge problem I have. In, yeah. In um, yeah, on the business side of things, which I think is, is it's common with mm. a lot of creative people. Yeah. I think if you've got both skills, that's mm. when you're super successful. Yeah. Mm. I find in the quiet times, though, it's good to do some, um, like, self-initiated projects it as is, well. Yeah. And start putting them out there and, yeah. um, you know, just get people's attention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you, I've noticed you've got your own style of photography. Do you, do you think that as well? Um, I I only think that because people tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people will look at a photo and go, oh, you can tell that's a Nicole Reed photo. Yeah. No, uh, like that, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't set out to shoot someone a particular way mm. or edit someone in a particular way. It's, it's obviously happening, but it's mm. just really organic and yeah. it's not something that I notice myself until... Yeah, someone says. Yeah, it's just you being you. It is, yeah. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the, the organic line just keeps coming out. It does, it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a very good business person, so I don't really plan yeah. things. Yeah. Um, you've been travelling a lot with your camera as well. Hmm. Like, like, do you think of projects to tie in with your travels or, or do you get paid by companies to, to go shoot something overseas? It's a bit of both. Um. When I travel, for instance, with Hong Kong, um, when we did field notes, that was, that started out as a holiday, and then because um, I I always take my laptop 
my camera when I go on holidays. I probably like I wouldn't even call it holidays when mm. when I travel. Um, it was taking images of Hong Kong and then looking at them on the computer and it's like wow, they, this is an amazing place. These are amazing photographs. Um, there's got to be something I can do or we can do with with this. So we thought of the idea um, of doing the book. And so, therefore, the holiday turned into a big project. Yeah. Um, and it's it's probably continued from there. So mm-hmm. whenever I travel anywhere, I always think in the back of my mind that it, you know, it could be the next, next book I do. Um, and, yeah, sometimes I get paid to travel. Like I did mm-hmm. a job recently for um, the Toga Group who own a chain of hotels like the Vibe Hotel and the Medina and the Adina, they had a they started a blog on their website. So you know you go to the website and it says, Oh, if you're staying with our hotel in Sydney, you should go to this bar or this cafe or you should go and have a look at this park. So I got paid to go to I think it was six different cities and take photographs for their blog. So yeah, it's a bit of both. Nice. Mm. Good good cities. Yeah, well, um, it was all Australian. It was Australian, yeah. Australia, and Auckland. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like, back to the field notes. Mm. Like, tell me a bit more about that because I, I went to the um, the uh, launch of that. Yeah. At um, at Union Heights. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought it was a really cool concept, like having a record to go with. Yeah. With the book. Yeah. Like, do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a book with a record in the back. Um, my partner. Lee is a music producer, a Platonic Lab is his um, producer's name. And we originally we thought that we would do a video with a soundtrack. Um, and Lee came up with the idea that um, everyone does that. Like, so let's let's make something tangible. So we decided to do a book. So the book is um, my photographs from our two trips to Hong Kong. And while we were there, he was taking field recordings, so recording um, noises on the streets and at the beach and in the subway and the buskers. And he also went digging and found some like, old Cantonese pop records, which he sampled. So he's made a record. It's got six tracks on it. Um, from the noises and the records from Hong Kong and that just slips in the back cover. So yeah. it's, I think it's maybe 80 pages, um, hardcover book. It's available to buy on our website. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, and we crowdfunded that, which yeah. was really successful. We were so blown away with the response, um, you know, being two quiet, uh, quiet kind of people who don't really have any marketing skills <laughs> whatsoever. Um, we weren't quite sure whether it would be successful. Mm. We thought it would really struggle, but we we blew it out of the water. Yeah. We, it um, did really well, so we got it printed and we, we've sold, I think we have 50 copies left out of the 300 we got printed. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I see you've uh, also done a few exhibitions. 
Mm. Is this something you you focus on, or do you just wait to be asked and and they and you take part when when you're asked? <laughs> I generally wait to be asked. <laughs> there's that there's that lack of business business um uh, behind me, but um I've done yeah I've done a lot of stuff over the years. I've done some really huge things with T World, mm-hmm. and that have been curated and put together by T World. I think my first really big exhibition was on Cockatoo Island, which was part of a street-up festival called Outpost. Mm-hmm. Um, and T-World, had, they had this massive warehouse that had T-shirts hanging from the roof. There must have been thousands and thousands of T-shirts, all in colour order, like a rainbow. And then it had, I think it had 40 portraits that I'd shot for T-World of T-shirt designers, label owners, artists, and they were printed. I think they were they were huge. They maybe like two meters high, mm-hmm. I think, which were along um, in the warehouse. Um, what else have I done? Done a oh, white night. So mm-hmm. the second White Night, I got commissioned to do an exhibition for the National Gallery, which was huge as well. Um, so I took photos and video of tattoo. They wanted it based around um, tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was photographing a lot of tattooed people for the tattoo magazine that I used to be involved in. Uh, so, yeah, white night. So for, um, yeah, one night I had my images of almost naked tattoo people. Um, I did kind of a stop motion thing where they were rotating and then mix that in with video where they were just kind of standing there and looking around and they were projected onto the walls of the National Gallery, which was which was pretty interesting. Like I got to stand in the crowd and gauge people's reactions some of them were most of it was really positive Mm -hmm. um the reviews in the newspaper were awesome for it um but I happened to be standing behind a a group of older women who thought it was really disgusting that the National Gallery Gallery were involved in tattooing um which is which was amusing yeah (laughs) um and yeah I did an exhibition with the um uh, IPF, Independent Photography Festival, which was in the Patterson building before they knocked it down. Um, yeah, I've been involved in a few group shows recently. I was in the Curvy group show, um, one at Ambush Gallery that they put on a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw that um, that number five you did for that. that was, uh, oh, that that's, was... that's for Project. That's a oh, that's something separate. Yeah, that's something separate. Yeah. They've got a exhibition coming up, and that was for for their poster. Oh, yeah. that was that yeah. was really good. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite laborious to shoot um, the ink because it was yeah ink drops falling into water mm. and me capturing stills of it, and it was they wanted you know, different colors and then mixtures of different colors. So every time I dropped an ink like a drop of ink into the water, like the, sh- the shot would take ten- like a second, half a second. Mm. Um, but then I'd have to 
clean out the fish tank, put fresh water in it. Yeah. So it took it took a good couple of days to get Jeez. the two shots, which I think they <laughs> they used in the in the collateral for the exhibition. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it looks looks pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 No, I was I was I really like it. Mm, um, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. All right, with like, I take I I'll, I'll do a painting in my studio, yeah. and then I'll take a photo of it, and then I'll sell the painting, yeah, and then I'll never see the painting again. Yeah. But all I'm left with is is like a, a shitty photo that yeah. I've just I haven't um like I don't know I'm 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 a point and shoot type of guy, yeah, and a lot of photos I take on my phone. You know, yeah. um, and then like, you know, because iPhone do such a good promotion, so do such a good promo on how good their cameras are these yeah. days. People think, yeah. don't bother to go out and, yeah, yeah. Go out and buy a decent camera. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm guessing I'm not the only one in this situation. Mm. Like I know the yeah. basic, like it's it's pretty obvious to say, all right, go buy a decent camera and get some decent lights yeah. and then you can take some good photos. Yeah. I take it that's the basics. It is, yeah. But uh, are there any tricks or tips for just um, – or people in my situation at the moment? There are, and it generally involves a good camera and <laughs> good lighting. Yeah. But that, that's not all it's about. It's taking, especially taking photos of art, mm. um, especially if it has a reflective surface. Mm. It's a little bit scientific, actually, yeah. more than being creative. There's um, something I learnt in high school, actually, where light bounces back at you so if you're taking a photo of a painting on a wall for instance if you've got a flash on your camera mm. it's going to reflect and bounce straight back into the camera so what you've got to do is put the lights and scientifically on a 45 degree angle mm -hmm. so two lights at a 45 degree angle of your artwork and then the light bounces off 45 degrees the other way and it doesn't bounce back into the camera so mm that eliminates any reflection that you might get on your yeah. artwork or even if it's behind glass, you can easily mm. shoot it yeah. without reflections. And then there's things like polarising filters, which are really good for putting on your camera. They take reflections off shiny surfaces as well. So no, they don't make them for iPhones? No, they don't make them for iPhones. <laughs> but you, you actually don't need yeah. a super expensive camera. You just need to know a little bit of the science behind photographing that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. If, if you're photographing large walls, mm -hmm. tripod, polarising filter, the right time of day, and you should be sweet. Yeah. Um. So with uh, like, do, is there a, any good lighting that you could recommend? Like good lights out there? Because I'm thinking of buying one, but um, I don't. I don't have much space in my studio at the moment, and I don't yeah. want some big light yeah. you know, taking up a big corner of the studio. Yeah, it yeah it depends on how much money you want to spend. Because um, I mean, oh, they're quite expensive, and like anything, the more money you spend, the better they're going to be. Yeah. Um, but you can, you know, you can go to get cheap lights off um, eBay. Yeah. Or you can you can go to, um, you know, Sun Studios and spend twenty thousand dollars on two lights. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a hard question that one. So yeah. It just depends on your budget and how serious you are about getting your photos right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And do you have a tip on a good tip off on a good camera? Uh, well, well, I can talk about the cameras that I use. Mm. So for my work, I use Canon uh, with various lenses, mainly prime lenses, which are fixed lenses. So there's no zoom involved. Mm-hmm. Um, for travel, I use an Olympus mm-hmm. um, EM1, which is I shot my whole the field notes. The whole book is shot on the Olympus, yeah. which is um, I bought because I was sick of carrying my Canon gear around, lugging a tripod around, lugging my 5D around, lugging three or four lenses, mm-hmm. and especially now with weight restrictions on aeroplanes, carrying all that on board, sometimes they'd weigh it and I'd have to take my camera out. So I went and bought something a bit more compact, which was the Olympus, which... No, I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it like that? So it's a compact SLR, is it? Or? It's a three-quarter frame mirrorless um, mm. camera. The EM1 I use. They've, they've also just bought out a Mark II of the EM5, which is really good camera as well. They've got interchangeable lenses. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I I really love that little camera. Okay. It's especially for travel. It's mm. it's, it's made me take more photos Mm -hmm. when I travel because I can just carry it and I don't even know it's, you know, hanging around my neck. Yeah. So I take it out a lot more. I take it everywhere I go Mm -hmm. now, even if it's just down the supermarket. I've always got it with me. Yeah. Yeah. So how much would one of them cost, roughly? I think with a standard lens, they're maybe around just over two grand. Right. But um, I've got like a pro lens on mine, so it was a little bit more. I think it was maybe around two and a half for the lens and the body from memory. Yeah. 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 So, um, like going back to your career, like, uh, like what advice would you give to yourself at the start of your career, like with what you know now? Uh, the advice that I'd give myself would be to, have done a business course, yeah. <laughs> like a small business course. Yeah. Just learning how to do um, my tax, mm. learning how to do paperwork, um, learning how to generate work, like we were mm. talking about before. Um, yeah, I think that's it. As far as the creative side, I think I've done everything right. Like I assisted um, for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like, I never went to school. Well, I tried to go to school, but I was never really successful at it. I think as a as a mature age student going to photography school with people straight out of high school who hadn't even picked up a camera before, it was just it was way too slow for me. Yeah. Um. So I assisted for a couple of years, which is which was really invaluable, and that's that's some advice that I'd give young photographers who are really serious about wanting to make it a career, I is to get assisting roles. Yeah. Yeah, and learn how to run small business. Yeah. Yeah, and then just let your creativity do what it does naturally. Yeah. Mm. So um, right, do you have any future plans or projects? Um, yeah, I really like to do another field notes. Um. I'm about to start a project with an artist 
um, Benita, who makes these amazing masks. Um, so we're going to be photographing her and those masks, uh, which we want to exhibit in about a year's time. Um, other projects. Yeah, I think that's about it yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And um and where where's the best place online for people to see your work? Uh it's my website, which is nicolereed.photography. And my Instagram feed's pretty good these days. Yeah. Try not to put too much too many um cat shots yeah. on there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, but my website I mean my Instagram feed's much more up to date. Like as you know, when I do a job mm. I generally chuck it on there yeah. whereas my website takes a little bit more to um, update but of course the images are much bigger and better to look at on mm. my website yeah yeah okay well um i think we'll uh, wrap it up there cool but um <laughs> but thanks for sitting down and chatting with me ah, thanks for having me it was um not as difficult as i thought it was going to be ah, i'm an easy going guy <laughs> <laughs> all righty well um yeah thanks a lot cool thanks tom Check out the Bench Talk website, benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to past episodes and keep up to date with what's up and coming on the, the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes on the podcast app. You can also listen on SoundCloud. Just search for Bench Talk. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. Thanks, and I look forward to you tuning in again next week. See ya.